Hello everyone, and welcome to Katie Lounge, the best source for everything Cadena. So today on the show we have Dor, he is the founder of Miners of Cadena, which is the first ever play-to-earn game on the Cadena blockchain. Now we've heard a lot of hype surrounding this game, and so we decided to see what the hype was all about. What better way to do it than having one of its creators with us? We start by digging into Dor's background a bit, understanding why he chose Kadena and why he decided to do a play-to-earn game. Uh, we then dive deep into the game itself, understand its core functionalities, and understand how the NFTs interact with each other, and why the token is there, what's its use. Uh, we touch a little bit on timelines for the launch of the project itself, and for the launch of the token, and minting of the NFTs. In the middle, as always, uh, we try to insert some philosophical questions to get a sense of Dor's thinking about Web3, uh, about Kadena, and proof of work versus proof of stake, for example. So I find this interview to be very interesting. I hope you like listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing it. And now, without further ado, I give you Dor. Hey, Dor. Thanks for joining Hi. us. Thank you so much, Alfonso. It's, it's a pleasure having you here. We, we really wanted to have someone from the gaming space. Um, so it's very nice to have you. Thank you. It's like, uh, yeah, nice to be here. So to begin with, for people who don't know you, I would like you to share a bit about yourself, like your background, and how did you get to, to do a, a play-to-earn game? By all means. I'm Dor. I'm 27 years old, originally from Georgia. Right now, I'm living in Israel. And I'm the co-founder and CEO of the Miners of Cadenia. And I have been in crypto, I'd say, for the past seven years. Initially, I just started dabbling in Bitcoin and such. But as time went on, I started to getting more heavily involved in crypto and DeFi specifically. Most of my professional experience is in management, high-level management, um, sales consultant, uh, organizational consultancy, and stuff like that. Um, sometime around last year, I decided to quit my job early last year to give myself a much-needed vacation slash retirement. Um, and then along the route, we found out about Cadena, me and my partners. And suddenly we are here building Cadena's uh, first game fight. Amazing, amazing. So you 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 started doing crypto, like investing in, in, in Bitcoin and, and learning about it. What about gaming? Do you have any experience with gaming or was this just like you thought, mate, I like gaming. I think we can do a, a great one and just jump in. When it comes to crypto, when it comes to gaming in general. Gaming in general. Okay, so ever since I was young, I had pretty much every single console imaginable. Like I started with a Sega Genesis, then I went on to the first PlayStation, then I had an Xbox, a GameCube, another PlayStation. Now I got myself an Oculus VR headset. I got a PlayStation 5. I got a Nintendo Switch, pretty much everything. And I never actually played a play-to-earn crypto game. Never in my life. Yes. Why is that? Do you, you think there, 
there's no merit to any of them who are out there or you just never actually got to it? Oh, I, I managed to get to it. I saw that they exist. I saw that as investment opportunities that can, they can be amazing. But it relies more towards what it is that you said about merit. It's not they, they don't have any merit to them. It's just that, in essence, play-to-earn games are not really about playing a game as much as they are about doing random actions and being rewarded to an extent with diminishing returns on those actions. So it was more about work rather than actually playing a certain game and being rewarded to an extent that might or not, might not be actually productive for an individual. So I never really saw the point of participating in those types of activities. Okay, so you feel like it's more like a chore? that you do to earn to earn money than actually a game where you have fun and, and enjoy doing it? 90% of the time, yeah. 90% of the time, play-to-earns these days are just about doing random chores and getting paid for them. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, there are a lot of people that are extremely happy about having those chores, especially within, within struggling countries that could use that uh, income. But it is not inherently something that generically is good for the entire population okay good um yeah okay so let's go a bit uh, to the cadena and how you got to cadena and now you understood that cadena was a place to build for you it was actually the opposite way and we first came into cadena started loving cadena and then the idea to build a game five an nft game five actually came into existence. I've been investing for a long time. And when we came to Kadena, which was about, I think, the middle of last year, you know, it was really sexy seeing a proof-of-work blockchain that can be scaled indefinitely, having packed as an amazing resource, and seeing this community that is, how can I say this, just, you know, swimming against the stream like salmon, against everybody else. Yeah. Because I'm in a lot of community groups and a lot of people are saying, why Kadena? Why proof of work? That's so old school. Why not move on to proof of stake? But that's actually exactly what got me excited. The fact that we have over here a layer one blockchain that managed to solve all of this and doesn't want to compromise on everything like everybody else does. So we said, okay, this is amazing. Why not? So we started diving in, investing into the ecosystem. I still remember uh, the first day, the first minute of being online at Babena Finance by Thanos, just waiting to lock my KDA <laughs> and his certificate of deposit. And what happened is that my partners, Vadim and Avi, they were hassling me over developing a crypto project with them. They've been trying to convince me to do that, I think, for the last two years. And this was actually the first time when I ended up, you know, picking up uh, the phone and calling Padim and I'm telling him, you know, remember you told me about building something? Let's do it. And I know where we should build. And we should build on Kadeem. And other than being a first mover advantage for us when it comes to Kadena itself, it's actually a good opportunity for us to do something we believe in in an ecosystem we significantly believe in without having to settle for anything. 
and actually doing it the way we want to do it, even though it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. So you touched a bit about it, but you mentioned about proof of work and how you think it's uh, the right way to go. And that got you excited with Cadena. But the thing is, we're seeing the trend going the other way, right? More and more uh, projects starting with proof of stake. Uh, Vitalik himself claiming that proof of stake is the, the way to go. I, I agree with you that proof of work is more secure and is like it's, it's what makes crypto and blockchain being what it is. Do you believe there's any validity to proof of stake? Like, is there a, a, a world where proof of stake can be, can run alongside proof of work? Of course, yeah, definitely. Proof of, uh, proof of stake does have its merits and proof of stake does have its utility. But when you dive into a proof of stake system, you got to understand why you're doing it, what ultimately the compromise is, okay? And whether or not it's something that you do want to do, because let's face it, okay, people are talking about Solana, for example, having near instant finality. Well, you know, also swiping your visa at an ATM has mere instant transaction times. So what's the difference? And the difference is when you go towards one direction, you end up settling for other things. And inherently, crypto is about a decentralized peer-to-peer payment system. You cannot claim to be one thing while actively progressing towards something else Um without admitting that you're settling for something. Proof of stake does have its merits. It does have a lot of utility, but everybody that's engaged within proof of stake does need to understand and it's probably less secure and it's most definitely much more decentralized than proof of work. But the real Centralized is, in this case, right? Centralized. Yes, it's much more centralized. Yeah, yeah. My bad. And the problem is that people just don't care. People don't care that it's more uh, more centralized um, because they still get the things that they want. They still are able to buy their NFTs and they don't mind. But I do think that the people within Cadena, within Flux, within this beautiful little ecosystem, they do care about those values. Yeah, so we don't mind going against the stream. We don't mind... Uh, putting our roots within proof of work because that's what we believe in. We believe that proof of work is the only battle-tested consensus for crypto. Okay, okay. I, I actually agree with you in this case. Um, so you mentioned like that you you found Cadena and you you saw like Pact and you thought you thought to yourself, well, I want to build something here. Now, in terms of the Pact language, what is the feedback your devs give you? Like, do they find it uh, a good language to program? Do they think like it's missing something maybe? Okay, so this is an interesting concept because like proof of work, um, Pact itself is a tad bit different than Solidity in many, many, many senses. First of all, based in Haskell. Uh, Second, when you approach Pact, there, there must be a type of, shift in your mindset when it comes to the things you do, the things you know, and how you decide to build something. I was talking with Mike, who is our lead PACT dev, I think like two, three weeks ago, when it comes to PACT, and he said, I got it. I got it now. 
Okay. Like out of the blue, just tells me door. I got it. I figured it out. And I'm like, what did you figure out? And, and he says, the pieces of the puzzle just fit into place for me. And now I'm all good to go in the sense that there are a lot of barriers for you to get familiar with fact, but once you manage to break through those barriers, it honestly is a powerhouse, but those barriers exist for a reason. They exist to make sure that the things that happen within other places will never happen within Kadena and within Pact. Stuff like exploits or stuff like being able to create a mechanism that hurts other individuals, that just does not happen in Pact because you have, how did I uh, phrase it at a certain point? Um, Pact is like a developer's utopia. But the only condition in that utopia is that your happiness cannot negatively affect another individual's happiness, something towards that line. So the feedback right now for, from our devs regarding PACT is that for the first week or so, it's difficult. Once you manage to get through that, it's definitely powerful, definitely amazing. But... Um, and this is something that is currently being worked on. There is a need for more comfortable developer docs to be able to make the transition, the transition for developers into back a bit more smooth. Yeah, actually, we I spoke to Will about that, and he, he told me he knew that was uh, one of the one of the things they need to improve on. And they actually just onboarded someone to start working on it. So I think you guys are are good to go and. Eventually, Pact will have tons of documentation because that's also something that will bring adoption, right? If people don't know how to build, they and I, I believe that's why we're seeing a, a slow rise in 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 DeFi and applications coming to Kerena, which was also something I, I wanted to touch base with you. Do you think adoption is coming like in this year, in this quarter, next two years? What do you what do you think about it? For Canadian in general? I, I don't think I can pinpoint a specific time for that because, you know, adoption is a very, very generic term. But look at us, for example. We saw something we liked. Uh, there was a barrier of entry. For example, a lack of developer documentation. We decided we're going to do it anyway, right? And we started working ever since November, of sorts. Um, and now, when people come to Kadena, they're not going to see what it is that we saw. Because when I came into Kadena, I saw Anadap. That's That was the only app I saw, right? But now when people come to Kadena, they will see us, they will see Babena, they will see KDL, they will see everybody that is currently building on Kadena, and they will say, okay, there is a place for me to fit in over here. Okay, uh, the developer documentation will make the transition extremely easy and comfortable for people. But it's up to us, those that are currently building, to be able to an extent to inspire people to do the same. And it's up to Kadena and Kadena Echo to motivate and incentivize developers to come over to Kadena and build on Kadena. Yeah, yeah I, I would I say within about six months, Kadena is going to be the place to be in. Kadena is going to be the de facto place to go build a DeFi protocol. And if you're not, you're just lame. 
<laughs> yeah, interesting, interesting. I mean, it can happen, and I, I we just, I, I think it will happen. We just don't know when, right? But I, yeah. I do think that Karina Echo and all these um, new people coming in and joining the, the the protocol, and people like you who are developing and KDL, it will definitely open doors for other people to say, "Hey, this is this is something. There's something here. There's something here, and we need to start thinking about it." Uh, now, bringing bringing the, the conversation a little bit closer to, to your project, uh, yes. specifically about NFTs, uh, what what are your thoughts about the NFT space in general? So, uh, I mean, we see tons of projects and tons of different types of NFTs, like collectibles, art pieces. Uh, now, the metaverse is all all the all the all the rage, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think this is kind of a bubble in some sorts, or is there merit to it? Or where is the merits of, of NFTs? That would depend on your definition of a bubble. And it would depend to an extent on the motives of the people that are leading those projects. And I think right now we see that every second or every third NFT project that is going into the space ends up as a rug pull. And one of the main things that combines all of these is the fact that there's not a lot of utility to those NFTs because it's extremely easy to just inflate the value of something because NFTs are all the rage and now game fine now metaverse and people want to chunk out of that pie. So they will do whatever it takes for them to get a chunk out of that pie. When it comes to NFTs, I am not a fan of JPEGs. I'm not a fan of having pictures and deciding that those pictures have value because this guy bought them or that guy bought them when there's not a lot behind that to justify that value. And exactly like GameFi and play to earns when we are building mock, we're trying to take all the things that we hate about the space and basically eliminate them completely. I'm not a shy, I'm not shy of saying that art to me is secondary completely towards utility. And many people say that our NFTs and mock are nice, they're pretty and awesome. I, I would agree. Like, I would agree. Yeah, that's that's and actually right. that, Yeah, and I'm saying that's awesome. I'm happy that you love our art. But for me specifically, as the person leading the project, the art is secondary against the utility that we're aiming to provide. Now, I don't think NFTs are a bubble. I think JPEGs, as they are, are a bubble. And if that bubble hasn't burst yet, I do hope it will burst soon. Because the faster that bubble bursts, the faster will people be able to see the actual value on NFTs. And when I say the actual value of NFTs, I mean, look at DocuShield, for example, that are now starting yeah. to build on Kadena as well. I think it's a matter of time till projects like DocuShield actually show the real value that's behind NFTs. I think it's a matter of time until, you know, I will be able to register my house as an NFT, okay, within uh, City Hall, Okay. That will be the ultimate application of NFTs, that uh, lawyer agreements, things that can be documented in a proper way and assign actual value. Okay, It's only a matter of time until that happens, but 
as the industry matures, we will be able to get there, hopefully fast. That's the dream, right? To have like a smart contract where you, you I sign, you sign, you give me crypto, I give you my house, and then I have the NFT to prove it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we, I believe that's that's the future, not like uh, in a close future, but uh, eventually we'll get there. And yeah, I, I agree with you with, with the utility NFTs. I think and many projects now claim to have utility, but it's kind of a, a gimmick, right? But yeah, I I, I, I do like what, what you're, you're saying and how you're approaching this in, in, the, in terms of you want to give some kind of utility to your NFTs and something people can actually enjoy and not just like because of it, it's beautiful and, and people think someone will buy for 10 times the price they bought, right? That, that's not a, that's, that's a bubble for me and it will eventually burst. Let's dive into mock now. Uh, the thing you're here for. Uh, yes. If you want to uh, give us a rundown of, on the concept, as you as you as you want to expand on it, as you as it like. Okay, so basically, within Mock Miners of Cadania, we're building a type of GameFi ecosystem in which we're continuing to expand the main idea of the protocol itself. But for now, for the sake of the conversation, I'm going to focus on stage one, okay? okay? Because we currently have a roadmap that realistically can take us about three years to achieve, okay? So I don't care about what's going to happen two years from now, three years from now. Let's focus on the first thing that's going to be rolled out when it comes to market. So the first idea of the game is that you're able of actually purchasing yourself or obtaining an NFT, and sending that NFT to work in the mines. And you got different levels of mines, different tiers of mines. And as the miner actually works within the mines, he receives rewards. And rewards can be very interesting and varied because we aim to be a hub of the ecosystem and we want to engage within the entire ecosystem. We want to make sure that those specific rewards will be able to reflect that engagement within our partners. So let's say you go and you mine, and right now you receive yourself a few rewards. The rewards can be NFTs, okay, of different types and varieties, because as of now, within Mock, we got six different types of NFTs, six different types um, for now, and we will probably add more as we progress, okay? You can earn NFTs and you can earn two different types of tokens. One token is Mock. Mock is our general all-purpose token that can be used to invest, to stake, uh, to use it to mint new NFTs also. And we also have a secondary token that acts to an extent as our governing token, uh, Cadanium. Cadanium is a non-tradable token that cannot be bought it can only be gained by participating within the protocol. That means you go mine with your NFT. You have right now some cadenium that you've earned. But even if right now you stake your mock, you manage to earn cadenium for the act of staking, but obviously with diminishing returns, because we do not want to create a system in which the more money you have, the more powerful you become. And Cadanium itself can be used to vote on certain governance factors within the town hall that we're building. That's going to be our format of a DAO. 
But in addition, it can be used to fix your NFTs, upgrade your NFTs to a higher level and such. Uh, when you say Canadian can't be traded? Yes. So you're not, it's not on the blockchain? How, how are you? It is, it is, it is on the blockchain. So how, how do you stop someone to just take it and uh, build a liquidity pool on any decks? You don't need to. You don't need to build a liquidity pool on uh, any type of uh, AMM. Uh, when we say that Cadanium is a non-tradable asset, what do we mean by that? It means that Cadanium itself, you can receive it, you can remove it from your wallet on certain factors and certain uh, smart contracts that we allow and approve. But I, for example, cannot transfer my cadanium to you, and you cannot transfer your cadanium to me. Mm. The idea is that we do not want to create a system in which, okay, you have a lot of money, good. But that does not mean that you have the entire power over the entire protocol to make it move to whatever direction you want. Because you have more power than me. Obviously, your stake in the matter might be a tad bit different but with proper diminishing returns to make sure that it is not an overwhelming impact against me, okay? okay? So if I'm active in mock and I'm playing every single day and you are not playing every single day, you just bought yourself the most expensive NFT you can, but you're playing every week, there's a very good chance I will be able to make more money than you because of my cadanium that I'm earning progressively more than you. Okay. So it's kind of a merit system where if you if you are involved in the game and in the community, you are able to earn more than someone who just comes in and buys the the biggest NFT possible. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 interesting. Um, how? Let me let me see how I how to phrase this. Um, do you get to to play the game without any NFT? Or are you are you only able to play it if you have an NFT bot or minted? Yes, that's a very good question. And I'm a bit conflicted when it comes to how to answer that. As of now, no. And you must own an NFT to be able to play the game. And why am I saying I'm conflicted? I'm conflicted because a lot of our team members want to create a system in which um, it's free to play. But for us to create a free-to-play system, we must compromise on something. So some factor is going to be hurt. The question is, how do I allow for people to play for free when I know that the incentives that you who paid Mach to be able to mix yourself an NFT are supposed to be getting? Because if I allow free-to-play players, I'm hurting you, somebody who actually invests in money. And what it is that we're thinking of right now and we're designing, we're still in the process of building it because we will not release anything until it's perfect, okay? Is a type of faucet that allows individuals to perform certain actions. You can call it proof of work to an extent. And based on those actions that do not require any monetary value, they are incentivized in the forms of certain NFTs that they can achieve. So you can work not entirely within the mind itself, but complete the list of tasks 
that signify the operation that you've done. And once you complete those in a certain fashion, you are eligible to be getting certain rewards that will allow you to be playing in the future. These tasks will be in-game or outside of game? Both. Okay, cool. Okay, yes. that's, that's cool. Um, I, I don't want to give too much information about that because it's still in the even pre-development stage, okay. okay? Because it's confusing, it's tricky, and we want to maintain this balance that is so difficult of achieving within a play-to-earn game, but we do not want to hurt anybody in the process. We want to allow you the earnings that you want to achieve, but we also want to not um, gatekeep people out of it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, no, it sounds, sounds interesting. Uh, I hope you get to, to, to achieve the balance on, on that end. In terms of the NFTs themselves, will will it do a drop of the NFT, or will, will it be bought from from a from a from from a mini, from a marketing? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're still in certain considerations regarding that. We do already know that we're going to have generations like Gen Zero, Gen One, when it comes to our NFTs. We have a massive amount of assets that we can use. So when it comes to the total amount of NFTs that we can generate, uh, the number is massive. But uh, the actual important part is how do we separate them to an extent that a protocol benefits, the individuals playing also benefit, and the ecosystem as well. Because we have so many different NFTs on our platform, I'm going to strictly focus on two types of NFTs, Okay. One is medallions, and the other are the miners themselves, okay? Medallions are NFTs that may be equipped on your miners, and they basically improve your luck. So you get right now an NFT, you see it as a picture, as an avatar. But if you get this medallion, you can actually equip the medallion on your miner, and you will see the miner actually change. So you will okay. see him now wearing a medallion. And the effect of that medallion will be an increased luck. So the chance that you're going to get higher quality rewards will improve. Kind of a, a booster yeah. pack. A booster pack to an extent, yeah. okay. but that is fixed. You always have it unless you decide to sell it. Okay. Some might not be able to be sold. Okay. That's a teaser. But that, for example, will not be purchased as of now. Okay. So that will probably be used as drops to people under certain conditions. Okay. The miners themselves will be sold, okay, in three stages. The first stage is a limited sale of the NFTs. It's going to be extremely limited, and that will most likely be via one of the marketplaces on Cadena. The second that will be sold afterwards will probably be sold at a higher price either within the mock protocol for Cadena itself, okay, or also within uh, the same marketplace we sold before. All the rest of the NFTs will be sold afterwards via the in-game protocol against mock to allow for some buying pressure to be formed against our native currency. Oh, okay. And the first two will be with, with KDA, I would, uh, I suppose. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Okay. Definitely. And do you have a, an idea of maximum supply for, for these for this miners? Or are you still juggling with, with that? 
again, it's a matter of balance. Because we haven't gone out with our tokenomics, I'm extremely comfortable chatting about it. Yeah. And this is also, by the way, why we still haven't released our tokenomics, because I cannot just throw a random number. I cannot just say we got 10,000. I cannot just say we got 1,000, because it is so, so, so tricky. To answer your question, I will answer in two ways. First, in order of maintaining a proper in-game economy, because most play-to-earn graphs, they go like this, right? What do we want to do? We want to spread the load of the pressure between Mach and our NFTs as well. That our NFTs act as a very, very, very good store value, okay? And as an interest-bearing store value, okay? When it comes to the tokenomics of the NFTs themselves, we might create a system in which there's an inflationary system or an inflationary amount of NFTs because all of our NFTs, or at least the NFTs that are going to be bought in-game themselves, are going to be rendered online. So unless we put a cap on them, you're going to have an indefinite amount. Okay, You will be able to have hundreds of thousands. So you have several ways of approaching it. One way is to say, okay, we got a finite amount of, like, let's say, 10,000. Another way of approaching is saying, okay, every single time an NFT is minted, the price of minting an NFT increases, and so on and so on and so on. So the first NFT will be minted for, let's say, $100. Uh, NFT number 1,000 is going to be minted at $750. That will allow to create a floor price, a progressive or price that's going to be based to an extent on supply and demand. So we're going to be able to allow the market to regulate itself. Haven't made a decision about that yet. We'll take some time, but definitely all of that will come out before the initial sale of the NFTs happens. That's very, very important. But yeah, we'll see. Okay. Uh, about the NFTs themselves, do, will they have like rarities, like collectibles? Definitely. So the NFTs themselves are going to have a lot of variations uh, because we decided to break the mold to an extent when it comes to what an NFT can have, what it cannot have. You are basically every single trait that the NFTs have is going to have a weight attached to it. We're going to establish a formula that's going to be deciding rarities. Another option, a a simpler option, is basically say, okay, you got a cyborg. NFT, that's going to be extremely rare as opposed to just a regular brown haired cappy. Okay, that's also an option. But we do want to make sure that everything that we're doing, we're doing in such a way that the utility is derived from that, okay, to allow for extra growth. Not only do the NFTs have rarities, they also have levels and they also have stats. And the, the, I, I suppose the rarity will give you some perks inside the game, right? So if you have a cyborg, maybe you're faster mining, I don't know, some, some, something like that. Yeah, you also touched about generations. So will we be able to breathe? The- no, 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 no. And breeding is a no-no for us. Okay. And the reason why I'm saying breeding is a no-no is because the mechanism of breeding for me itself, it can be a broken system that if not managed well, will lead to more problems than solutions in the scope of us, okay? 
we do have other ways of creating not a breeding system, but let's call it a generational wealth system in which as you play in the game and you get some tenure within the game, there's a record kept of that. And the perks that you have either via the levels of your NFT or via the cadenium that you've accumulated and spent throughout time will give you certain perks. I'm going to not call it um, breeding mechanism. I'm going to call it more towards the evolution system to an extent. And I'm not going to comment more on that without spilling too much. Okay. But I will say we might have a breeding system in place, not for the miners themselves, but for the equipment. I know you cannot, you know, breed <laughs> equipment, but more like uh, merge equipment. Okay. Okay. And upgrade it visually and when it comes to stats. That makes that makes sense. Uh, okay. I think you, you, you've covered a lot of how the game works, uh, what is in it. What I want to, to talk about next a bit is more of the business side. So in terms of uh, revenue stream and how you, you intend to build a business, because you, if you want to do this for three, four or five years uh, or more, you know, you need to have a, a, a sustainability plan. So yes. after you have like your VC funds, because you will have investments, what is the revenue stream for the years to come? How do you, how do you plan to, to sustain the, the system? Okay. So first of all, I'll clarify that the team by itself uh, does not rely on the IDO itself for salaries. Um, we have been in development since November. We're completely self-funded and we will continue being self-funded until we're ready to approach an IDO, at which point... Uh, the main focal point of the IDO is going to be, okay, how do we raise, not to give ourselves operational expenses, but how do we raise in such a way that we establish a fair market value for mock, and not in the way that other projects operate, but in the way that we think that a market value should be established. So that's one thing. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm accustomed to managing money. I'm accustomed to investing. And there's not a single thing that I hate more than things that are overinflated in value. Okay? And there are a lot of those. I don't want to be overinflated. I prefer launching undervalued than being overinflated. Okay? So the main equity that we're going to gather is going to be ecosystem-based. And we're going to launch, in my opinion, at a firm market value, perhaps even a bit below that for the benefit of our IDO investors. When it comes to revenue streams, within Mock, we have several revenue streams, okay? One is the token itself. The second is the NFT. The third is the rest of the NFTs themselves. That is for phase one. For phase two, we have several other things that we're aiming of generating. The reason why I'm not elaborating on them so far why we haven't elaborated yet is because there's no reason for me to talk about things that are later on the roadmap because they're not yet there, okay? And, and I want to talk on things as they happen to be close to us, okay? But potential options that we are going to be building when we get there is 
land sales, um, rent, rent not in the sense of NFTs, but rent in the sense that within land, you have an option of renting a piece of land and using it for your own purposes. Now, I'm not referring to that in the extent of marketing solely, like, for example, Sandbox, where you can rent yourself a piece of land and use it for marketing purposes. I'm talking about it more in a DeFi constellation. So, for example, you can rent a piece of the protocol itself and basically have your own mini version of your own protocol within Mock. Oh, cool. Okay? That's cool. Yeah. So, for example, if you have, let's say, let's say an NFT project on Kadena, you can basically rent yourself a type of stall within the marketplace in Mock and sell your NFTs over there. Okay. okay. And by selling your NFTs over there, you can be uh, incentivized from the mock protocol for participating in that way within our system. Okay, cool. So like you, and, you, will, be, you will build the infrastructure for someone to, who doesn't have that, just go there and they can use your space to, to, to generate their, 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 their marketplace or their whatever they want to build there? Definitely, definitely, definitely. But the question is how? Because we're not aiming of being a marketplace for everybody categorically. We want to create a small little fun infrastructure that allows for, uh, to onboard individuals inside the mock protocol, but we're not aiming of replacing entire marketplaces within Kadena. Okay. Why? Simple. We don't want to. There's no need. We're going to have our own marketplace. That's obvious, right? For mock specifically. But we do not need to take a revenue cut out of other marketplaces that have their right to exist. And we are pretty much covered when it comes to revenue for the next however long time. Because in advance, we're building mock and the incentive program of mock in a way that we're thinking, okay, the highlight is not going to happen now. The highlight is going to happen five, 10 years from now. And the only way that you're doing that is similar to how Kadena established their tokenomics. Let's not think about today. Let's think 100 years from now. So we're trying to do the same exact way. And it's all a matter of providing elegant solutions to very, very complicated problems. So, for example, staking. How do you reward individuals for longevity of their staking without penalizing them? Because I'm not a habit of penalizing people. B, without creating a massive inflation, okay? So those are two factors that are pretty, pretty interesting. And I think we managed to find a few interesting ways of dealing with that to establish longevity for Mach. Okay, okay cool. Um, so you, you mentioned that you, you, you are okay, well set in terms of, of salaries, in terms of investment. How, how big is your team and uh, do, you, do you have a lot of people working with you right now? So when we talk about the size of the team, um, there are a lot of fronts for us to look at. How many people work full time? How many people work half time? How many people act as advisors? I can say that right now on the scope of the team, we have about eight, nine people working almost full-time and the rest of the people which is free work part-time only but 
preparations are already made for having a family office established to have everybody, 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 plus all of the new employees work full time for Mark. Okay, okay, that's cool. Um, I also saw on your website that you, you chose to, to run the protocol on the Flux nodes. Oh, yes. Uh, I know you're a fan, uh, so am I. So I would like you to, to share why you chose that and why do you think it's important to, to run on Flux instead of going to a native OS or something like that? Okay. Um, if you believe in something, go all the way. If you truly believe in something, there's no reason to cut corners. We believe in crypto. We believe in what crypto stands for. Uh, we believe that if you want to build something good, you want to make sure that you're covered on all fronts and you're supporting and thanking everybody who helped make that happen. That takes us back all the way back to when we came into Kadena because you just need two days within the Kadena community to understand that you've got two other parties that are massive and are highly appreciated within Kadena. One of them is Flex. The other is Coin Metro. I'm going to put Coin Metro aside for now, and I'm going to focus on Flux. Being able to create a decentralized AWS is something that is no small feat. The ability for us to know, okay, we will never be shut down because our node infrastructure is decentralized. It's such a powerful thing for us to be able to say. Putting aside the fact that Flux is an amazing project, with amazing values, amazing management, and a brilliant community. Just look at how many projects are onboarded every single day. And the answer is, why not? You know, Flux is cheaper than AWS. It's more secure than AWS, in my opinion. The support and the assistance that you get is overwhelming. And you get the amazing chance and opportunity to support something that you actually believe in. There's absolutely no reason for any uh, dApp to not be launched uh, and running on Flux. Zero. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. So I think we covered almost everything that I wanted to cover. Uh, one thing that I think we can we can end up on uh, is how how far do we do we are from a release from from you guys. Do you think this will happen in this quarter, next quarter? Uh, just a rough estimate. I know you you probably won't, don't want to commit to a to a date because it's never a good option in in, in the crypto space. So if you have a, um, an idea, a rough estimate, that would be cool. Okay, so I can I will not commit to a date, but I will tell you something different. I would say that if we wanted to, we could have launched last month. Okay. We could have, but la something happened last month, which made us think, okay, this could be better, right? And because we decided it could be better, we went along and have done that. We basically completely threw up so many hours of work <laughs> to not settle for the ability of making it better. And by chance, if you're wondering, the decision was is to make to take our minor NFTs and basically split them into parts and having all the parts be interoperable with each other. 
So your NFT comes without a piece of equipment and you're able to equip that equipment and the equipment has different mechanisms to the NFT itself, which basically completely changed 75% of the flow of the game. So we had to do that. It didn't bother us that we are on a schedule. It didn't bother us that we have a cash flow and a budget to consider. The only thing that bothered us was going out with a project, knowing that we could have done better, and we didn't. Yeah. Now, to give you a more concrete answer, conservatively, we're, we're going to be launching quarter three. Conservative. Okay? I'd say we're going to be able to commit to a launch at September. If, if, if a few pieces of the puzzle do end up falling into place within the next month, okay? Because the, we spoke before about being able to build on Kadena, right? But it's not only a matter of building on Kadena. It's a matter of building using pack, using marmalade, being a pioneer of something when it's uncharted territory, Right? We are not going to be launching until we can say for certain, okay, we know what it is that we've done. It's going to be perfect on all fronts. We feel comfortable. We feel secure with the product that we have achieved, and we're ready to roll it out to the public. Only then will we be happy enough to go ahead and launch it. I can also confirm that we're currently interviewing a few candidates um, to be joining our team, and that might speed up the process as long as the interviews go successful. Okay, thanks for for being honest and open about it, and we can't wait to 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 have it online and try it out. Uh, I will leave you to uh, share with us your 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 socials, your websites. We will add them to the to the description on the on the on the on the link. So be my guest. By all means, uh, our website is themock.io. It's uh, T-H-E-M-O-K.io. And over there, you're going to have a link to our Telegram, to our um, Discord. That's going to be opening up pretty darn soon. And everything is available over there, together with our Twitter, also Miners of Cadenia. Okay, Dar. Uh, thanks a lot for being in here again. Uh, I hope we can catch up later uh, and do this again. Thanks. Uh, and see where you are. By all means, it's been a pleasure, Alfonso. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, see ya. See ya. And that's it for our show today. Thanks again to Dor. This interview was really fun to do. Next week, we have a special guest. He is the CEO and founder of our very next IDEO. And this will be revealed during the Katie Lamb Show. Stay tuned. In terms of Kadena projects that we have our sights on, an interesting one is TechFlip. They are focusing on empowering builders, allowing them to learn on the job while getting paid to do so. They also wrote a massive white paper, very detailed. This is certainly a very innovative project. Again, we will leave links to their medium in the description. Hope you guys had a great time and see you all next week. Thank you.